Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen the Anarchist Woolless Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist Woolless Week. I got some Bad news for you, boys and girls. This program is pre-recorded. I hate pre-recording programs because things happen and you're always behind the eight ball when you pre-record. But unfortunately, the Commonwealth Government wants me in court on the day I should be broadcasting to you. So I thought I would actually pre-record and turn up to do my bit. That's exactly right. And I'll tell you all about it next week. It's nothing great, simple tautologies. That's what we're talking about. Now, if you wonder what Anarchy is all about, Anarchy Society is a voluntary non-hierarchical society based on, on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power. That's direct democracy. It's a society where wealth is held in common. It comes from the concept and our costs without rulers. So how do you create a society without rulers? You devolve power and you hold wealth in common. Very simple. What you use is yours while you use it. If you don't use it, it becomes community property and is reallocated. For example, you, know, you don't own three homes or ten homes or fifteen homes in an anarchist society. You don't own any homes. You basically use what you're using. And if you want to use something else, well, there are processes. So it's a very simple concept. It's a concept of having society without rulers. So what has it got to do with the 21st century? It's got a lot to do with the 21st century. As we see the four horsemen of the apocalypse starting to canter, not gallop, but canter, about to break into a gallop, increasing population growth, Finite resources, the domination of the world economy by an economic system based on the creation of profits, irrespective of the human, social and environmental costs, and increasing greenhouse CO2 emissions due to human activity. We can see that as a society we have issues that we need to deal with, which are very difficult to deal with within the current structural, political, economic structures which we are saddled with today.
So I'm not one of these people who subscribes that, we, you know, it all comes tumbling down and we'll start again. There's a lot of death, a lot of destruction. What we need to be able to do is actually be in a position where we can organise an orderly transition for an economy based on the creation of ever-increasing profits, irrespective of the human, social, and environmental costs, and an economic system which fulfils real human needs, not manufactured needs, needs that are manufactured to generate artificial profits. Because if, as a society, as a planet, as a community... As nation-states, we wish to uh, continue to function without major dislocation. This is something that we all need to be a part of. And that brings me to PIBC. Public interests before corporate interests. I am sick and tired, almost listless with the lethargy of single issue campaigns. Now, obviously, single-issue campaigns are important for those involved. And there are many single-issue campaigns. Press a button on the computer and you can see 10,000 single-issue campaigns. But we need to be able to join the dots. And public interests before corporate interests was launched on Sunday the 12th of April for one very good reason, to provide an organisational framework which both looks at political participation in the parliamentary process and extra-parliamentary community activity and protest and workplace activity, which puts public interests before corporate interests. Public interest before corporate interest. Every single issue you can think of comes under the umbrella of PIPSIC. Public interest before corporate interests. Because the main battle we are having in the West today is the fact that three decades of unbridled corporatisation, globalisation, privatisation and deregulation have allowed the corporate sector to usurp the power of parliament. They have become the parliamentary puppet masters. So we need to take the fight up to them, not in terms of single issues, but in terms of a general criticism and, more importantly, a generalised alternative. Is it in the public interests to have affordable housing for everybody? It is, is it in the public interests for every citizen and resident in this country to have equal rights? Is it in the public interests to allow corporations to dominate our economic affairs? Is it in the public interests to depend on a parliamentary system which is ultimately based on faith? Is it in the public interest to allow 
unaccountable corporations whose major responsibility is to their major shareholders to dictate not only economic policy, but dictate what is and isn't acceptable in terms of public debate in this country and across the globe. And that's what PIPSI has been launched for. It takes as example the movements which started as small groups, as PIPSI is, the public, which have now spread through southern Europe, Greece, Italy, Portugal, Spain, where people are saying enough is enough. We will use every peaceful mechanism available to us to trip up the corporations, to trip up the corporate giants, to ensure that the public interest for every single human issue is put first. Is it in the public interest to have justice for animals? Is it in the public interest to have justice for human beings? Is it in the public interest to ensure that everybody has equal access to the court system irrespective of their uh, wealth? So any issue you can think of can be incorporated under the public interest before corporate interests umbrella. Now, over the next few months, we'll be having a series of actions across metropolitan Melbourne initially and hopefully around the country in the next six to 12 months to highlight that the interest of the community, the public interest, is at the centre of all political, social and economic debate, should be at the centre should be at the very centre of that debate. And over the next few months, we'll be starting a campaign outside federal, liberal politicians' offices in metropolitan Melbourne. And hopefully a few months later, this will expand into regional Victoria and then interstate. Because we need to take the fight up to them. We need to demonstrate in a physical sense that enough is enough. If there's one thing people have learnt via the current Senate taxation inquiry is how the 24-carat leaners in this society are not those on disability support pension, are not those on unemployment benefits, are not those on single parent benefits. The 24-carat leaners is the corporate sector. And if they don't pull their weight, obviously there is no money for infrastructure. There is no money for public hospitals. There is no money for public health. There is no money for public education. Because Australia is a relatively low-wage country for over 80% of workers. And we tend to lull ourselves into a false sense of security because of the price of real estate currently. And the key word is currently. So I encourage you 
strongly encourage you to look at the Public Interest Before Corporate Interest website. Instead of putting Public Interest Before Corporate Interest into your search engine, just put PIBCI.net. Don't forget the .net and hey presto, everything there that you need to know is there. Our aims, our objectives, our strategies, our processes. This is a public organisation. We have nothing to hide. And we know that we can shake up the current political, social and cultural system. We know that. Because over 80% of Australians are currently disenfranchised. Whether you're a wage earner, a small business person who doesn't employ labour, and there are hundreds of thousands of them, a wage slave, unemployed, on an old age pension or disability support pension or a sole parent's benefit, sole parent's pension, you know that things aren't quite right in the land of us, in the land down under, in the land of milk and honey, in the promised land. You know, but most of us put our heads in the sand and continue to ignore reality. Or those of us who become active, become active in single-issue campaigns not looking at the broader picture. So we are looking, we have two types of members who have equal rights in the organisation, public interest before corporate interest. We are looking for members who are on the electoral roll who are eligible to vote. So we can register public interest before corporate interest as a federal political party. To do that, we need at least 500 members, preferably 550 members, who are on the Australian electoral roll. But we understand there are many people who are residents, who are on 457 visas, who for philosophical reasons refuse to register to vote, who want to be part of this organisation, and we welcome these people. And if you're one of them... And you're thinking, well, I'm on the electoral roll. Why should I bother to join? Well, it's about creating community-based organisations. And we are ready, as I said before, to take up the struggle directly to the parliamentary offices of the current government. Why not the opposition? Because they're the bloody opposition. It's the current government. And on Wattle Day the 1st of September, Tuesday the 1st of September, we will be organising a mass rally outside Liberal Party headquarters in Melbourne at 104 Exhibition Street, Melbourne, at 4 or 5pm that day. Because people need to understand that we find ourselves in a critical situation. And the extraordinary thing is, is not how behind in the polls the Liberal National Party is. The extraordinary thing is, is 
how they have been able to maintain their appeal in the electorate using fear and misinformation as their major weapons. I mean, the current federal government is a bunch of liars, 24-carat liars. And if they, you know, they don't believe me, they can sue me. They are liars. The first thing the parliamentary puppet uh, did, Mr Abbott, the chief puppet, parliamentary puppet did, when he won office, he said, we are open for business. And what he meant is, now is the time to open the floodgates to allow our corporate mates who supported us hook, line and sinker in the struggle to be elected as this country's uh, government. And it's time they reaped the rewards for their participation, for their financial support, for their moral support. It's time. And the way we are going, they are going to do that is by wiping the floor with the 33% of Australians on Social Security benefits, by wiping the floor with what's left of the trade union movement, by wiping the floor of Australian wage earners who find themselves in a most precarious situation, struggling to maintain a huge number of cases, part-time jobs in order to pay commitments, especially escalating housing and education costs. So what we should be asking ourselves is not, is why is the current government so popular? And it's very simple. Because everybody in the mass media has been pushing their barrow willing them to succeed, lie on their behalf because they know that if their boys and girls make it through to the parliamentary benches at the next election, that that deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation revolution will continue. The tsunami will continue to destroy. The tsunami will continue to destroy people and communities in our society on the altar of Mammon. Sounds a bit biblical, doesn't it? On the altar of Mammon. But that's what it is. It's about profit at any cost. So if you are involved in single-issue campaigns, if you've got the gumption to be active, and unfortunately most Australians still continue to belong to those two major tribal groups, the Gunner tribe, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, and the bigger tribe, that somebody should do something about that tribe. So, I ask you, have a look at the Pipsy website, pibci.net, see what we're on about. Join us. Join us as a political party. Join us in the activities which we will plan and organise and carry out 
over the next 18 months before the next federal election to highlight there are significant sections of Australian society who are unhappy with the implementation of the uh, Abbott-led, the agenda of the Abbott-led government. Very unhappy. Now, I'm not foolish enough to think that radical change or real change comes by being elected to Parliament. But I do know that if enough good people are elected to Parliament, they can stop bad things happening. They can stop the introduction of a Medicare co-payment, as we saw. They can stop the privatisation of the public universities, as we have seen to date. They can stop the worst excesses of the government's social security uh, blitzkrieg, like denying the under-30s unemployment benefits for six months unless they're uh, involved in some type of bodgy educational activity. And the key word is bodgy. So, think about it. It's up to you. You're a free agent. You can do what you like, can't you? Unless if you don't pay your bills, you can't. You're a free agent. Do you want to sit on the sidelines and carp and complain, act like a powerless consumer, waiting for the next freebie? Or are you a uh, concerned citizen who sees beyond a single issues, who sees how these single issues are connected, who sees that we find ourselves in this situation because the wheel has turned. And the wheel has turned to such an extent that the very organisations which were created to represent the will of the people now represent the will of the corporate sector, now represent the will of unaccountable boardrooms whose major responsibilities to their major shareholders, not to the state, not to the community, but to their major shareholders, not their mum and dad investors. So think about it. Think about it. If you're interested, you've got a number of options. If you're not interested, well, you're not interested. That's life. Keep on complaining or join something, do something. If you are interested in being that burr under the saddle, well, you can leave a message on 0439 395 489. I will get back to you. It may take a day or two, but we will get there. 0439 395 489. You're not computer literate, don't own a phone, like to write letters, don't worry. You can send letters to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052, Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. And if you are computer literate, you can go to Pipsy, P-I-B-C-I dot net, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Don't forget the dot net. Don't just put Pipsy in your in your engine and hope that it'll flick up at the top of the table. It won't. But if you put PIBCI.net, it will. Now, we had an exceptionally, exceptionally successful picnic gathering to launch the group with over 60 people at at the uh, Seaford Reserve. Exceptional. We had ethical people there. People who put morals before profit. We had the salt of the earth there. People who still care 
despite everything they've been through, despite everything they've seen, despite the destruction of everything they've fought for over the last few decades. And they came from every corner of Melbourne. And we'd like to replicate these gatherings across this city, across this state. And we're happy to assist people to organise at a similar level interstate in New South Wales, in Queensland, in Western Australia, in Tasmania, in South Australia, in the Australian Capital Territory, in the Northern Territory. And the list goes on and on. Because the problems are the same. doesn't matter where you live in this continent. The problems are the same. The domination of every aspect of our existence by unaccountable corporations who have no responsibility to us as individuals, no responsibility to us as a community, no responsibility to us as a nation state. They'd sell you out to the highest bidder. They'd sell your grandmother, body. That's the type of people we're dealing with. No respect. So it was actually good to be among ethical people, principled people on Sunday. It was a good experience, and I think everybody there would have agreed. And we obtained many new members at that gathering. As I said before, if you live in Melbourne somewhere and you can pick a park, and we want to do it in a public park, not in a hall, but public space, which we reclaim, a public park. Give us a ring. We'll organise something together. We'll have another gathering somewhere in the city of Melbourne. As I said before, over the next within the next three to four weeks, we will have our, the first of our community vigils outside Liberal National Party parliamentarians' offices in metropolitan Melbourne. Because it's not just the CBD that counts. Less than 500,000 in the CBD. There's another 4 million people in this city living up to 50, 60, 70 kilometres from the CBD. And it's the same across Australia. It's not just the CBD. That's important. But all the suburbs surrounding the CBD, those suburbs that have been forgotten, those suburbs that become cannon fodder, for the I Hate Everybody Brigade. I hate the person who speaks a different language. I hate the person, you know, who has got a different skin tone. I hate the person who's got a different religion. I hate the person who's, you know, got a different sexuality. I hate the person whose hair is different to my hair. They're out there. And they're the government's and the opposition's greatest ally because they prevent us coming together to fight the real enemy. It is a fight. It's a never-ending fight. I mean, currently, we're on the back step. Currently, we're stuck against the wall. Currently, we're in a beg and beseeching mode. But it doesn't have to be like that because we are the majority at the end of the day. We are the majority. And we can and will win. And we will we will win because we're ethically we're ethical principled people. That's what this is about. This is an organisation for ethical principled people. And uh, we now have a Facebook page. Pipsy has a Facebook page. 
PIBCI Facebook page. Have a look at it. Get involved. Start talking. Get us uh, join. Find like-minded people. There's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of us around this country who've reached a point where we are willing to say enough is enough. No more. No more of this tripe. Irrespective of who owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication, we have now reached a situation where the rhetoric and reality are two different things for a significant proportion of Australians. Not all Australians, but a significant proportion. I don't subscribe to the 1%, 99%. That's crap. I subscribe to the 2080 divide. 20% of Australians are doing relatively well. Relatively well-paid jobs, relatively good you know, investments in the stock market, negative gearing investments, you know, you own two or three homes and get a tax deduction. That's the beauty of living in the land of Oz. You can own two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, five hundred homes and get a little legitimate tax deduction while your profits increase. But you try to get your door into your first home and see how difficult it is. And if you can't do that, you rent or lease in the private market and see how difficult it is. And if you find it difficult there, see how almost impossible it is to access public housing in this country because public housing has become a preserve of the private sector. So, the ball's in your court. I mean, people say, but Joe, you say the same thing. Well, I do say the same thing because nothing changes. I can't say different things if nothing changes, can I? What can I say if nothing changes? I say the same things because the same things are there. They're real. That's what we have to face every day. That's the issues that we face as individuals, as communities, as parts of families. That's the issues. Public interest before private interest. Is it in the Australian public interest to finally reach a settlement with these countries' first people, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders? Is it in our interest to acknowledge the past and move forward together instead of continually bickering and fighting? Is it in our interests to allow the 457 visa scourge to continue to exist? Is it in our interest to deny education to so many young Australians and to deny them jobs? Is it in the public interest? You know the answer. I don't have to give you the answer. And the majority of these examples I raise, it's not in the public interest. But where are the political organisations? Where are the social organisations? Where are the community organisations which are saying this is more than an issue? These are questions which question the very essence of our society, how we're structured, our economic system, how we interact, how we interrate interrelate, how we relate with the wider world. These are all important questions, exceptionally important questions, 
in this country, which we should address. Well, we don't have to address it. We can just accept it, keep on going, keep on going, more of the same. We don't have to accept anything, do we, really? Just say, well, it's okay. So there are options. There's always options, and we need to create options. For example, on the 1st of May, for the last 15 months, well, for the last 18 months, Resist Murdoch's Minions legislative onslaught has been holding vigils, rallies outside on private property, Herald Sun, News Corporation property in Melbourne, to highlight, to highlight the disgusting, antisocial, unethical, unprincipled behaviour of Murdoch and his organisations. They're always first on the first, they're always on the front foot when it comes to denouncing people who make the effort to protest. There was the protest held by the Warriors of Resistance in Melbourne a few days ago, or whether it's a protest held regarding whatever issue, you it doesn't matter where in this country I can tell you 100% that unless it's organised by Gina Reinhart, Murdoch's friend, I can assure you News Corporation and 21st Century Fox will be heaping shit on it. And I can assure you if there's a Labor Party initiative which doesn't suit Murdoch's interests, the Murdoch media will use its extraordinary power to heap shit on anybody who attempts to challenge them. Well, we are not afraid despite private security guards prodding and pushing, despite Victoria Police involvement, we are not afraid because we are acting in an ethical ethical way. We are acting in a principled way. And on the 1st of May, I encourage people across the country to highlight the negative influence of the Murdoch empire on this country. We don't want them here. If they can transfer their money offshore because they're concerned over the last few weeks they've just transferred $2.5 billion offshore because they're concerned about the outcome of the Senate inquiry into tax avoidance in this country... Well, we don't want them here. They can pack up and go. And that's what we'll be telling them on the 1st of May. On the 1st of May, May Day, we'll be congregating, assembling, whatever you like to use, at Federation Square. And what section of Federation Square? The corner of Flinders Street and St Kilda Road, just across the road from St Paul's Anglican Church. I think it's St Paul, the big Anglican Church on the corner of Flinders Street and Swanson Street. We'll be there. At 11.30am, we'll walk through the city of Melbourne to their headquarters to highlight our disgust, our concern 
at the their unprincipled behaviour, at the way they are denigrating this country, at the way they are stripping the economic wealth in this country for their private masters. So there's always things happening. Marbo Day, 3rd of June. Once again, we'll be organising a yearly commemoration in Melbourne. But see, this type of activity can happen anywhere in Australia. It can happen in the smallest town or in the largest city. It can happen in the smallest community or it can happen in the central business district. But for it to happen, we need people who are willing to stand up for their rights, who are willing to exercise what few rights they have. Because that's what this is about. Exercising those inalienable rights we are all born with in this society, that no government can legislate away or private corporations strip away. You're listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast for the next few weeks by going to 3cr.org.au. You can ring me on 0349 395 489. 0349 395 489. You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can send him, you can look at the website, anarchistmedia.org. Anarchistmedia.org. That's the website. Have a look. See what we're on about. Have a look. Become involved. Join us. You can always join PIPSIC, broad-based, community-based organisation, public interest before corporate interest. Go to the website, pibci.net. Not computer literate? Write to us for an application form. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Leave messages on 0439 395 489. As I said before, there's an electoral arm, there's an activist arm. They work together. It's an organisation for people who are on the electoral roll whose participation will allow us to form a registered political party for the next federal election, which will take the fight right up, right up to the deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation, mafia. Right up to them. Rub it in their faces. They're not there working for on behalf of the people. They're working there on behalf of their corporate mates. They're nothing more than corporate junkies. And on the 1st of September, Wattle Day, Australia's National Day, Wattle Day, the 1st of September, Tuesday, we encourage people across the nation to hold demonstrations outside Liberal National Party headquarters across the nation and we will be organising one in Melbourne for the 1st of September. So you organise one in your little town, your capital city, your regional centre, because this is not just a CBD struggle. This is a struggle that we all need to become involved in. All right, let's move on to something else. I'm sure you've all been pipsied out, pibci.net. But as I said before, this is a major campaign. 
If you're in Melbourne on the 1st of May, join us, Federation Square, 11 o'clock, 11.30, we'll march off, held on Weekly Times headquarters at 40 City Road, Melbourne, to voice our disgust. Our celebration for May Day. Because May Day is our day. Especially in Australia. The first people who celebrated May Day in Australia were the members of the Melbourne Anarchist Club. The Melbourne Anarchist Club was formed on the 1st of May 1886 as a direct consequence of local anarchists coming together on that day, which was the day which was proposed for the combined trade unions of the United States and Canada as a day of national and international protest for the eight-hour day. So the Melbourne anarchists were the first people in this country to celebrate May Day. They were the first to have public demonstrations and they've been intimately involved in May Day activity since 1886 in the city of Melbourne and the rest of the country. So this year... We won't be celebrating on the first Sunday after May Day. We celebrate on the day. We celebrate Eureka Day on the 3rd of December, not the weekend preceding or the weekend after. We celebrate May Day on the 1st of December. We celebrate Marbo Day on the 3rd of June. These are days which are important, which we celebrate on the day they occur. All right, let's look at parliamentary democracy because it is an issue. We have compulsory voting in Australia. I mean, ludicrous, but that's what we have. But despite compulsory voting, voter turnouts are decreasing. You would think, you would think how many people have died in order for us to be able to exercise our qualified constitutional right to vote, there'd be more people lining up. Less than 50% of people vote in most council elections in this country. Less than 80% of people vote at state and federal elections. Over 1.5 million Australians who are eligible to be in the electoral roll are not on the electoral roll. And another 5 to 6% voting formal, another 4 to 6% don't even bother to turn up on the day and then are harassed by the Australian Electoral Commission under the uh, Section 245 of the Australian uh, Electoral Act, or Commonwealth Electoral Act, for not exercising their so-called qualified right to vote. See, it concerns me. It concerns me that people lose interest in the democratic process, even in parliamentary democracy. It concerns me that so many people are so alienated they can't be bothered to participate. And people don't participate for one very good reason, because a parliamentary representative can promise you anything and deliver nothing and continue to hold on to their seat to the next election. There is no way, nil, zilch, rien, not one way they can be held to account in Australia. And there is no stomach among the major political parties for political reform because it'll 
upset their cosy current little arrangements. Where they force the sheep into the pen. That's you and me, the sheep, you know. They force us into the pen saying, now's the time to exercise your right and then shut up for the next three or four years because you've exercised your right and you've chosen us and we're going to do what we like. Oh, we promise to improve public health care. Ain't any money, boys and girls. Oh, we promise to improve public infrastructure. Bad luck. We promise not to decrease funding to the ABC. Did you really believe us? <laughs> no, come on. So that's the reason. And historically, compulsory voting was introduced in Australia in 1924 for one very good reason and reasons which are parallel to the reasons today that people have for not participating. And during World War One, Billy Hughes, the beloved Prime Minister of Australia during World War One, promised to resign if the conscription referendum held at the end of 1917, if he failed to carry it, if he failed to sacrifice another 100,000 young Australian men on the European killing fields for the glory of God, King and country. He said he would resign. True to his word, he resigned, and then the next day he asked the Governor-General to reappoint him and his colleagues as the government of the country. So disillusionment was rife in this country at the beginning of the 1920s. Participation rates in the federal election were so low, it actually brought into question the legitimacy of a government which is elected by less than 50% of the people who have eligibility to vote. So what did they do? Did they introduce parliamentary reforms? No. They introduced compulsory voting. They thought if we can corral the sheep and push them through the gate, hey presto, it'll all be okay. Although there are a lot of sheep out in the field saying, you're not going to catch me, mate. They're still quite happy. You know, if 80% vote, you know, gives them legitimacy. There's no stomach for political reform. There's no stomach to introduce citizens-initiated referendums to allow the people of the country to initiate legislation, not allow just legislation to be left in the hands of parliamentarians. Do you think that the Googles, the Microsofts, the Apples of the world would be paying peppercorn taxation if the citizens of this country were actually able to initiate citizens-initiated referendums, I can assure you these corporate giants wouldn't be, you know, stuffing their overseas piggy banks with uh, Australian dollars they're not paying taxes on. How about the power of recall? Is there any debate about the power of recall? Do people ever wonder why there are so many states in the United States have overturned marijuana laws as being elected governments? No. It's been through citizens-initiated referendums, local campaigns, individuals around the country getting together. I mean, we don't have to wait till the next election to get rid of a non-performing politician, to get rid of a lying hound. All you've got to do with the power of recall is get say 10% or 20% of the electorate to call for a fresh election, and bingo, there's a fresh election in that electorate. 
see what pops up. Maybe it's a radical independent for a change, not the usual grey-assed bureaucrats, not the usual party hacks who've never done a day's work in their life, who've just been political operatives. I mean, I mean, there's nothing uh, worse than in... Uh, in in Victoria, you've got the lead, you've got the leader of the opposition, I think Mr. Davis, I've forgotten his name, and the uh, new premier, you know, the new premier. Both of them party hacks, never worked a day in their lives. Party hacks, sucked up the party, you know, machine, got there. How do we find ourselves being led by party hacks? How do we find ourselves being led by? professional politicians, as if being a politician is a job for life. And it is a job for life in many regards under a parliamentary system where you've got so-called safe seats. So it's important for the sake of the democratic process that we reform the parliamentary system. And if we can't do it through political means and you can't do it through extra parliamentary means because you can't initiate the momentum to change legislation, then maybe it's time we did it through explored judicial means, judicial activism. Occasionally, not always, but very occasionally pays dividends. So think about it. As I said before, there are options. Which ones you take up makes the difference. Now, I can wax eloquently for hours about nothing in particular. I can give you some of the most up-to-date, razor-sharp analysis. But at the end of the day, it's nothing. It means nothing unless I can actually encourage people to become active, to form organisations, to join organisations, support that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication back in their box. That's right, back in their box, back where they belong. And where do they belong? They don't belong on the parliamentary crossbenches. They don't belong in Parliament. They don't belong on the uh, New Year's and Queen's Birthdays Honours list. Although this man was born in Australia, he gave up his Australian citizenship so he can transfer his business interest to America. What is the name of a man or a woman who gives up their citizenship for a dollar, for Mammon, a trader. No wonder he's squirrelled away $2.5 billion in the last few months, concerned about changes to taxation legislation, which may find him a little bit flat-footed. At least Kerry Packer, before he died, kept a few million dollars in gold bullion in his safe. So, you're concerned about fracking, and there are many people concerned about fracking. Look at the wider picture. You're concerned about climate change, and there are many, many people concerned about climate change. You could mobilise on climate change. Think about the reason. 
Think about who dominates us, who makes decisions, how decisions are made, how debate is moulded, how people are pushed around, how ordinary, ethically-minded, principled human beings are treated as criminals and terrorists in this country because they are willing to stand up for what they think is right, for what they believe. They're willing to help their fellow citizens, not for money, but because that's how we should approach that situation. We should be in a position where we are able to assist our fellow citizens, those around us, those in our community, those in our region, those on this country. Public interests before corporate interests. Public interests before corporate interests. Don't forget, is it in Australia's best interest to ignore the West Papua independence movement, to ostracise and marginalise them and leave support for them to people like us who are involved in the West Papua Rent Collective. Think about it. Should we allow the Herald Sun to profit, to profit from the Gallipoli tragedy if there's one thing that's making me sick and we'll have a special you know, 100th anniversary Gallipoli program next week, if there's one thing that's making me sick to the guts, it's how corporations like Murdoch's News Corporation are making a buck out of the death and destruction and sacrifices of the First World War, a war fought by workers at either end of a bayonet for the glory of God, king and country. Not democracy, not freedom, not the Australian way of life. How there are organisations in this country who continue to profit. How governments change history in order to bolster their current nationalist warmongering rhetoric. It's an issue. It's a very important issue. What's in the public interest? Is it in the public interest to talk the truth about War One, to put down the facts, to highlight the facts? The role of the anti-conscription movement, its pivotal role in preventing another 100,000 young Australian men from being sacrificed on the European killing fields for the glory of God, king and country? Or do we continue to massage the truth, to build an alternative mythical tale, which is not based on reality, but based on the concerns of current governments to get their citizens involved in military activity? You've been listening to the Anarchist World This Week broadcast on the Community Radio Network by Joseph Toscano. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You can email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Go to the website, anarchistmedia.org. Listen in to the Anarchist World this week, next week, for our special Anzac Day 
coverage. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Wash my hands. Oh, Lord, yeah.